If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. I'm BD. And this week is a special Patreon patron requested episode from Ty, who asked us to look at Dragon Quest uh, as a bit at looking at it from like a comforting perspective, why we find it so comforting and why it's kind of become a classic, but also wanting to know more about like true classics, quote unquote. Uh, that we have and the other people in the community might have. So we wanted to focus an episode on that now that we're coming off of all of our Dragon Quest Treasures coverage. Right. Uh, specifically, Ty had this to say. Ty said, Dragon Quest has forever been a series I can come back to, not only for nostalgia's sake, but because they are all genuinely amazing and memorable games. What are some other video games or series that you have found yourself coming back to over the years for the same reasons? What are your true classics? Final Fantasy or Chrono Trigger are obvious ones for me. Another one is StarCraft. Not an RPG, but I still love playing it to this day. It takes me back to high school and college. I'd be curious what the true classics are for others in the community as well. So, uh, first of all, let's tackle the Dragon Questy aspect of it. The why, why it feels so comforting and memorable and why you keep coming back to it over the years. Um, yeah. What... What, what do you have to say about this? Why does Dragon Quest seem comforting to you? Uh, I guess for me is because it always goes back to thinking about uh, when I was a kid, when Luke got the NES version and we would just, it was one of the games we put in the NES to play when we just wanted to play something, then run around and fight slimes or whatever. We were around golems and uh, it just reminds me of sitting in his bedroom uh, when I was, you know, six seven years old and uh playing it like it it's just that uh that, that really that sense memory nostalgia of sitting on his bed playing dragon warrior and uh like seeing the wood paneling around me the crt tv like even the in the nintendo powers on the floor like I, it's just very vivid to me anytime i i like see the battle screen or anything like that it reminds me of of that particular like snapshot of childhood yeah I gotcha. Yeah, I think um, for me, like I think maybe a way, a reason that you and everybody who feel this way feel this way, and myself included, is that like there's so much in Dragon Quest that's similar, you know, like like people knock on the music being too samey, but like for me, that's a big aspect of it. Like even booting up Dragon Quest Treasures, um, like for the very first time and hearing that music when you're on the Viking ship at the beginning of the game, yeah. I was like, Oh man, this is, this is comfy. And it was like, the and obviously the game looks a bit different than DQ 11 does, but it still, it felt very familiar because of the music. And so like, I, I feel like the music does play a big part of that, yeah. even though, even if people knock it for just reusing the same music over and over again, for me, like it's why it's a big reason why it feels 
very comforting is because like you boot up any Dragon Quest game and you hear like the theme playing and it's like, oh, this is this is nice. I'm home with friends now, you know, and like and then same thing with like story beats that it repeats in terms of like, you know, um, just like the character archetypes it uses over and over again or like the turn based combat and having uh, like the same or similar moves, classes and things like that that you find in these games. Uh, right. finding similar story beats like all of that like it doesn't ever feel it never feels derivative to me it always just feels nice it feels uh like, oh, yeah like nostalgic but it doesn't feel like it's being too similar and i when i was you know when i was younger i saw a lot of the it's all too samey it like I, I, from myself like i felt it was very 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 similar every time and it is very very similar but it's like, like you said, it's a nostalgic, good kind of familiar now. Uh, and even until a few years ago when I played DQ8, like I didn't, I hadn't really wrapped my mind around why it was so similar. Like why it was just so traditional and straightforward uh, that I've really come to appreciate now that's become kind of familiar because I used it as comfort food when my mom was dying that I sat there and played DQ eight, like to escape from things like figured out how to like play it. And now when I get to that period, like it's a comfort thing where I can get into it. And that's what it feels like. Whereas before it felt samey in the boring way. Yeah. So before we recorded this, okay, because I agree with you, but right before we recorded this a while back, um, like last year, maybe I wrote this kind of long post about like dragon quest as comfort food. And yeah, couldn't remember exactly what all I'd said in it, but I was kind of reading it because I was like, I feel like there were some things that I wrote at that time that I wanted to bring up in today's episode while we're on this subject. And that was one of the things I was talking about is like why we, why we like it. And like in that article, I had compared it to like why we all like, like most of us at least (laughs) like our like grandmother's cooking, you know, like, or our our mom's cooking. Like you get very uh, like into that. And it's because it's familiar and it's like, right. why, and it's why even if you have the best vacation in the world, it's why there's just something like inherently nice about coming home <laughs> that vacation and yes. like, smelling your house and sitting, sitting on your couch and like laying down in your bed. Like there's just something like one of the best feelings in the world. And maybe it's because I'm kind of a homebody. But one of the best feelings in the world is like when you come home and you get to just like kick off your shoes and you're, uh, yeah. and you're like, I'm home now. You can go like take your pants off. <laughs> yep. It's oh really- yeah, man. My, my, once I'm home, my pants are off. Like I used to joke at at, uh, at the uh, college that whenever I was on a break, that uh, I would always I was always tell my students like you know once I'm out of here for break, I was like I love y'all, but I'm not going to be thinking about you at all. I'm going to be sitting at home without pants on, and I don't yeah. think about y'all then. And, and that like that is absolutely my my like go to. Yeah, Dragon Quest is like taking your pants off. <laughs> that is the pull quote from this episode. Dragon like, Quest is like taking your pants it, off. But it, but it is. I mean, it's just there's something nice about it. And like, I I don't know. Like, I I see complaints about people saying, "Oh, it's too samey. Oh, it's too much like this. Too much like that." And and I promise I'm not just going to keep quoting myself. But in my <laughs> when I wrote when I wrote my Dragon Quest book, I talked about how like if you have the best if you eat the best cookie in the world like why would you want to eat another cookie why wouldn't you just keep wanting to eat that cookie if it's the best cookie in the world and 
that's kind of how I feel about Dragon Quest. It's like I keep coming back to it. Like, why, why mess with something? If it's the best, like, why, why mess with it? It's true. And, it's like when you go to the same restaurant and you want to try the other things, but you know that this one dish is like the best thing you've ever had. And you're like, you can't take the chance on something else not being that good when you go there. It's just that's the way that is the way Dragon Quest is. It's like sometimes if you look, it's like I can either play this new untested RPG for me or play through Dragon Quest 11. Eh, probably going to go to 11, maybe. Yeah, at least I mean, you I know will, and a lot of people will. But uh, yeah, and it's I don't because know. it's comfortable. And if you want something that you don't have to really think about, yeah, it's like it's it's comforting, and it's funny that you brought that up because I'm totally planning on uh, replaying Dragon Quest Eleven here in uh, a very short period of time. Oh, really? Yeah, I came really close to doing it yesterday, and ended up getting distracted with like housework things. Um, so maybe it's a today thing. But yeah, coming off of coming off of Dragon Quest Treasures and then uh, this other Dragon Quest like writing project I've been working on I was just kind of like yeah I think it's I think it's time to replay this it's been it's been a couple of years since I since I replayed it and I just I think it's a good time for it it's kind of like FF9 is the same way moving yeah. into like true classics I guess where um, like FF9 is definitely one of those kind of games for me just like DQ11 is where right almost every year I replay FF nine. I know the last time I replayed it was like last June. Um, for instance, I thought it was sooner than that. Honestly, it was last June because, and this kind of goes back to like DQ 11 and being so comforting. Dragon quest nine is really comforting. And back then it was Dragon quest nine or final fantasy, final fantasy nine, sorry, final fantasy nine and dragon quest 11, you know, are comforting. And it goes back to this because, uh, back in like June, it was whenever I was having those really terrible headaches. Right. Yeah. And um, like I couldn't, I was having a hard time keeping my eyes open. It was like very debilitating. It was going on for like a month. I was having all these like head scans done. Um, I was like, I legit thought I had a brain tumor. Um, like I really? Just, like that's not even exaggeration. Like we talked about it. Like it was a very real threat and I was yeah. terrified. Yeah. You thought I had a brain tumor. My wife thought I had a brain tumor. Yeah. Like it was, it was horrifying for the people around you who loved you. It was loved um, past tense. Remember what I said? <laughs> I realized I said that as past tense. Yeah. So anyway, thankfully it wasn't that. I didn't really talk about it because I, I like, didn't want to have that conversation with a bunch of people. But now right. that it's like eight months ago, I uh, don't mind bringing it up. But anyway, so it was like really scary and I couldn't keep my eyes open very well. And I was like having to sit in the dark a lot. And so I played Final Fantasy IX because I needed that kind of comfort. And it's one of those games that I know inside and out. So it was like I could almost, when I needed to, put it on autopilot. And there were times, you know, where I definitely remember just kind of squinting and not really even being able (laughs) to see the game, but like squinting and just kind of getting through it. And there were some times that like my head was hurting so bad, I could not read the dialogue bubbles. But it's so familiar to me that I didn't have to worry about reading it. I just skipped through it. And I I didn't realize it was like you couldn't read the dialogue bubbles sometimes. Yeah, it would get really bad. And so I was like uh, flipping, going through it and was just like, oh, okay. So no, uh, I know what Kuja's saying here. I don't have to hear (laughs) this exactly. I know what Kuja's saying. I know what Zidane is saying here. Like I just, like I knew that stuff. And so I didn't have to, trouble myself with those kind of things and a lot of it came down like combat and things came down to muscle memory because i know where all of those in game like the combat menus what went where yeah it came down to muscle memory kind of like with dragon quest 10 when i was playing that you know where i i 
I loosely translated all the menus and then just memorized all the menus because I don't know Japanese yep. to play through it. So I got through the first two versions of DQ10 just basically on muscle memory. And, yeah, um, where you 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 would be able to see some things from people, but yeah. So so FF9, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, boat for both of us. FF9 is definitely one for me. Um, what about you? What's a what's a true classic comfort food game for you? You know, I was thinking about that, and I never really thought just about like Final Fantasy four and five as being comfort food for me. Like, and Chrono Trigger as well. They're really like that for me. And I didn't really recognize that until last week when I would, Jennifer had gotten me tickets for Christmas to go see the Final Fantasy uh, Distant World Choral uh, concert that's going, tour that's going around now. We went to Nashville to see it, and it was truly phenomenal. Like, it was a much better experience than even I had anticipated. Like, I, I was going in with the idea that, oh, I'm going to have fun at this. And then I went there, and I was like, this is truly magnificent, and I love it so very much. And I just kept, like, being so excited uh, and to share that with Jennifer. And, like, we were sitting there talking, and it wasn't until... Uh, it was the very beginning because, of course, they play the crystal music that that starts at the beginning of basically every one of them. And I was like, ah, and like I just felt comfort at that point. Like it was it was like going home, like you said. And uh, then they when they got to Final Fantasy four, that was like they were doing a, a through all of them in order up to a certain point and uh, through six and then. When they got to four, man, it was like I have so many memories of that as a as a kid of renting Final Fantasy two in the States and just going through this initial part with uh, uh, Cecil and the Red Barons and Kane and uh, seeing like the Mist Dragon and all of that. And like that just hit me in the that is comfort game for me. Like I, I've started Final Fantasy four so many times and it's just like, it feels good. And uh, the same way for five, because I was 15 uh, whenever I played it for the first time. And that means that there was no official us translation at that point. This was like 1998, I think 99 when I was 16, maybe. And uh, cause I remember playing it before we had moved and we moved when I was 16 uh, to a different house. So I, I know I played it when I was at the old house, so I'm thinking 15 and uh, like I had to do the whole fan translation and emulate it and deal with the Super Nintendo emulators where their layers didn't work right, where some tr layers weren't transparent. And like on the ghost ship part, like there was fog and it was completely opaque because the emulators couldn't make the uh, fog transparent uh, at that point. And uh, it was it was a whole thing, but I got through it. And because of that, um I whispered over to Jennifer when they showed uh, his name being Bart's when they showed the, the history or the, uh, the screen, they had this big display of the game on the screen and the intro and everything him going around. I'm like, okay, so it's going to show in a minute. His name is Bart's. Uh, that's his like Japanese official name in, into English. But when the fan translation came out, his name was butts B U T Z. And she just looked at her. She's like, so he's always going to be butts to you. And I'm like, yeah, he is always going to be butts to me. And uh, it was just one of those things like, and he is because yeah. of playing that. Like whenever I see his name is Bart's and something, I change it to butts to B-U-T-Z from uh, when, when I was a, a kid, if I'm able to do that, like it's, I say kid is 15, but uh, when I was a teenager, like I, that is comfort to me, like comfort games. I can start Final Fantasy five 
at any point and run through like the first four crystals and just kind of play around with with jobs and stuff and just be like yep this is cool because it's just so like that's generally where i just stop if i'm not really into it wanting to go into the other world and deal with x death and all of it but uh i'll just that those are those are fun things for me like that's the comfort food uh comfort food games uh really for me and i didn't actually fully recognize how much they were until last week actually whenever they got on screen and i wasn't playing but getting to share them with jennifer and i was like oh my god uh it was same for starting final fantasy 6 actually when they didn't show the magitech armor walking forward over the field and do that part of it i was like why did they not do this this is the important part of the emotional <laughs> journey and uh apparently that's an important part of my emotional journey <laughs> yeah i get the uh i get the not realizing like that it's comfort to you until yeah. like because like i remember being in like when i moved away from home for the first time and didn't really miss home didn't get homesick at all wasn't like you know oh i gotta, I gotta get back home or anything and then i remember coming back home uh for the first time and it had been like three months or something that i was away from home and going back to my room and like laying on my bed and just sleeping for like 13 hours. Oh yeah. yeah. And and realizing like, oh wow, yeah, I did I did miss this place. It is this does feel like home. Where it was really that uh like and and I don't know, maybe it's because like I spent summers away from home all the time as a kid that like I was just used to being away from home a lot, so being right. away from home like as an 18-year-old, I wasn't like, oh, I miss home. And so, uh, but yeah, yeah, I remember doing that, a similar situation where it's just like you didn't realize that it was important to you or yep. that you even missed it until you, you found it again. Yeah, I understand that. Like, absolutely. Like, uh, like I don't, I don't know. It's when my dad moved back into our old place out uh, where I moved from uh, when he and my mom split up uh, later when I was like 28, 29, something like that. Uh, 27, I don't know. Uh, late 20s. And I had like my old swing set was still up there and it was just like comfort completely. Like I did not know how much I missed just being able to go out and sit under that thing. Yeah. Like years later, like 15, yeah, at least 10 years later, it was, it's just crazy. But yeah, that kind of stuff, uh, stuff matters. I think uh, I was actually surprised that you didn't say Chrono Trigger and agree with Ty here. Well, Chrono Trigger is one of them as well. Like it, uh, it didn't come up obviously in the Final Fantasy concert, but Chrono Trigger is yeah. one that I've done the 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 initial parts of Chrono Trigger more times than I can count, and uh, because I rented it so much, uh, same as the others. It Final Fantasy four and Final Fantasy three, well, Final Fantasy two II and three and Chrono Trigger back in the nineties were the like three main RPGs that I rented, three main games that I rented. Uh, over and over and over again from video village in Lawrenceburg, tennessee and uh, <laughs> had my save files on there and other people's that i would play it was it was good it's good stuff but a uh, chrono trigger as much as I, I i love it it i've never had that kind of visceral like visceral is a little bit strong but just that emotional connection to it immediately when i see something about it like i did uh at the concert the other night yeah i think I think for me, like, I know, like, there are some games that I replay very, very often. Like, um, I mean, technically, I guess, outside of DQ11, like, Dragon Quest Seven, I've played more, replayed more than any of them. 
but I wouldn't necessarily consider that like a true classic comfort food title. And I kind of feel that way about like, like I love Final Fantasy 12 and I love the first Kingdom Hearts game. And I love a lot of like the PS2 era RPGs like Xenosaga and Rogue Galaxy and, and Dark Cloud and games like that. But like none of them quite, none of them really give me that same feel that like FF9 or Dragon Quest Eleven does. And also, uh, this one is not an RPG, but a big one for me is actually the uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Like like outside outside of like, you know, nerdy JRPGs, like the Tony Hawk games are hands down my favorite kind of games. And they remastered one and two recently. And two is really the one that I have, like, like that was the first one I ever played on PS1. Um, right. And so so two, I was very, very attached to early on, very nostalgic for it. And when that came out, like I I bought it day one and just really like like obsessed over Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two, like so much and realized how much I missed those kind of games because I, I, I loved right. them even in high school. Like I've really fond memories of being in high school and playing like uh Tony Hawk's Underground, and then there was another PS2 in uh, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland that came yeah. out. Um, I think I was still in high school when that one came out. can't remember. I was either in high school and almost out, or maybe just out of high school, but I think I was still in high school. And still has, like, the best soundtrack to any game I've it ever, does. ever played. Like, getting, like, the, like, hottest emo bands of the time to cover, like, like punk classics was, like, genius. Yeah. And, like, love it. And would love remasters of all of those games. And whenever I was playing one and two remaster, like just completely realized like, oh my God, I love these games so much. I can't believe it's been so long. I need all of this. And I played it so much. I literally played it so much that using the, uh, using the button to, uh, to like a manual. Yeah. Get combos and stuff. I cramped up the, my finger like because of the way I was holding the trigger and tapping like like R1, R2, things like that with buttons, I, I cramped up my finger, my forefinger um, on my right hand, like really bad where I had to make myself stop playing the game so much for like a couple of days because that wow. would be like all I did. That's all I wanted to do was play that. And then I drug out my PS1 and played the original two on there just oh, wow. for old time sakes. And it came really close to dragging out the PS2 and playing that as well but at the time my ps2 was at your house so i couldn't do it oh and, yeah and still just talking about it right now i'm like what am i doing with my time i need to go like why am i not PS2. playing tony hawk right now yeah and, and dragging out american wasteland and like i you know i was really devastated when i heard that they were like had had scrapped plans for three and four remaster yeah um especially because I, I four was not one i'd played um yeah, I don't and, think I ever played four. I played three a lot on the GameCube because I remember Wolverine was the uh, unlockable like Marvel character in it, and I uh, played a lot as Wolverine because I would just put in the cheat code to get Wolverine because you know you get to play as Wolverine, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually I, okay, so I have a funny story about this. 
I wrote an article when the game came out about why Spider-Man wasn't in the remasters because he was the <laughs> he was the unlockable yeah. for Spider-Man oh, Two, Sp- right? Yeah, in 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 Tony or, Hawk or Two, to- yeah. Tony Hawk and, Two, yeah. Spider-Man. And I would put in cheat code, and like he was awesome. Like he was my he was my jam. Like of course he was he was amazing. Like flipping out and and like getting the. Yeah, getting yeah. The, the board with, but it's his, because, with his webs. Like, like it I got it. Like you, like I remember unlocking him. I didn't get through a code. It was from like beating the game or whatever. Like yeah. you get Spider Man, and so I, I thought it was an interesting article because a lot of people have forgotten that NeverSoft, which did those games, um, also made a Spider Man game on PS One, and so this so was good. Like, this was like a crossover. Yeah, it's a really good Spider Man game, and. Like, anyway, the uh, Save You a Click Twitter account, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I do. They shared that. And, like, all these people were like, were like, why why would Spider-Man be in a Tony Hawk game? And normally that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. But this one really did because I was like, oh, my God, children, <laughs> let yeah, me I teach know you like- something about the original Tony Hawk 2 game. Like, Spider-Man was literally in it. Like, this yeah, isn't like- just a stupid article. Like, there's actually a cool story behind this. And, like, there was one where they had Wolverine was Tony Hawk 3. And, like like I said, he and Spider-Man were my comfort foods for those. Like, I, I, I still, when I think about those games, I think about, like, uh, Spider-Man jumping off of a roof and uh, flipping his board and Wolverine, like, clawing through the board in a shopping mall. Like, that's what I think of with these games. And I know there was one with Iron Man in it later on, and I never played as Iron Man. Like, I don't yeah, know which one it was. That's Tony Hawk's Underground, and that's some of my best memories, is once you beat the game, you unlock Iron Man, and you also you unlock a new area. It's a KISS concert. And <laughs> really? I can very vividly remember. They just they play rock and roll. Uh, what is it? Rock and roll all night? Yeah. They play that song, and they're partying on the stage and, like, playing and everything. And I, I would go as Iron Man, and you could get, like, really good combos and doing like specials and things and i would just play through that level as iron man over and over again and sometimes i would turn on the zero gravity uh because right. you can unlock that as well and i would just go through there and hear that song a lot but also it was around the time that like um deja Tendu by brand new had come uh-huh. out and that was like my favorite album at the time and i would have that just playing constantly with the volume turned down and just playing uh-huh. the kiss concert as iron man in like i guess this would have been like 2000 and Three. Was that 2003 or 2004? Four? I was in yeah. college. I got because I got uh, I got Tony Hawk's Underground. Uh, fun story there. Okay, I got Tony Hawk's Underground and Final Fantasy X for my birthday the same year. Um, Final Fantasy X had been out for a little while, but I didn't own it. I'd been uh, playing my uh, my neighbor Wade had it, and I'd been using his right. copy. And so it gone to like greatest hits was only like twenty bucks now. So I used some of my birthday money to pay 50 bucks for underground because it just come out and then the 20 right. bucks for ff10 and i remember wade being like oh you just spent 50 bucks on a game you're gonna spend way less time on which proved to be false because i don't <laughs> like ff10 it's one of my least favorite like final fantasy games and or maybe not least favorite but definitely middling like ff10 is not one of those final fantasy games i just replay over and over again but like I loved Tony Hawk's Underground and spent so many hours on it, and even now I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play that one too after we record today. I'm wondering, I'm thinking, like when you're saying that, like go play this after you record it. Like I'm trying to remember if in one of my boxes where I have my GameCube games, if I have Tony Hawk Three. 
like I have a GameCube, a working GameCube still, and I don't know where my actual like games for it are. Like they're packed with it, I'm sure, but I don't know where they are. And I really hope Tony Hawk Three is part of that. And like, which one was it? Was it American Wasteland? This has turned into Tony Hawk, uh, Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater FM. Has. But uh, has which one of it did started out being able to sketch behind something? Like you grab onto a a car and like let it pull you and then boost your your speed and tricks uh like, you was, could first do that in underground and okay i was thinking that was underground so i might have underground as well because that was the actual last tony hawk game that i played a lot of uh i don't think that was the one you said that had iron man at the end right it had Iron Man at the end. Okay, yeah. I never then, got him in that one, uh, and I remember because I remember playing this in my dorm room. I remember I remember sketching in my dorm, and uh, I remember like not playing it as much because of that because I wasn't like locked away in my bedroom as a teenager at home. Uh, I had friends and who wanted to go out and do stuff. They also we have to mention Underground Two, which I do not have nearly as fond memories of, and was not a great game. Um, but it was it was Tony Hawk's Underground Two, Tony versus Bam. And it had all the jackass guys in it. Oh, I don't remember that. It was awful. It was like when it was like when like uh, Viva La Bam and like all yep. these shows were really doing numbers on like MTV Two. Yep. And and they did like a, a really quick sequel, like very fast after the first one. And it was just kind of leaned into kind of the like anarchy that Underground had, but yeah. just like way too much. And I think they realized it, which is why they kind of reset with American Wasteland after that. And, uh, and and kind of turned it around and went back to kind of the underground um, look. But also Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, like the big selling point for it at the time was no loading screens because you would go through like these really oh, yeah. long tunnels where it was kind of like a cheat, where it was like technically loading yep. because it all looked the same, but it kept you from being on a loading screen. And that was like a huge selling point for commercials at the time for that game was like Tony Hawk's American Wasteland with no loading screens. Yep. And I mean, for a PS2 game, that was pretty like, oh yeah, it was, was a amazing. big deal. Yeah, like I don't want to diminish it. It was a big deal. Whenever a game did that, it was like, whoa. And you could tell what was going on, but you're like, I'm still playing. Yeah, and so I think like while there are games that I love replaying and games that I adore and would consider like my top, you know, favorite video games of all time, strictly like comfort food right games for me i think would be uh ff9 dq11 and uh tony hawk tony hawk games yeah i mean that is apparently tony hawk is comfort for me too uh because we just talked about it for like half the episode (laughs) yeah like it's it and i and i knew that like i knew it was good and like i was day one on that one as well like i've i've still got it i didn't platinum it like you because i'm bad at it (laughs) <laughs> like i've always been bad at them but i did not platinum the remaster um, oh i thought I did, you did no i did go back around around six months ago I, I got really back into it i booted it up again and started trying to trophy hunt with yeah. it but there's a couple that are like going to be very very hard that i just don't know if i'll be able to do like they're very grindy like you have to get up to like level 100 or something mm. it's gonna require a whole lot of hours and I'm sh- yeah. it's one of those that I like, like I'm close to it, but I'm just, I'll just chip away at it whenever I get like wanting to boot it up again to play it, you know, you right. level up. And so like, I'll get it that way. And I've gotten like the hard combo trophies and stuff like 10, yeah. mil- 10 million uh, combo score or whatever. Like I've gotten that stuff. It's just a matter of now, like, like 
it's the grindy ones. And I just kind of decided, hey, I'll, I know I'm going to replay this game over and over again. So I'll just get there eventually as I replay it over the next like 10 years or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you made me snort like the next 10 years, but it's like, yeah, that's how these games work for us. Yeah. I mean, I mean, right now, you know, American Wasteland came out, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago. And yeah, even probably right, 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, and I'm not lying. Like, I'm definitely going to have to hook up my PS2 and go play this now. Grace is going out of town on Sunday. She's going to be gone for like three days. And so yep. once the kids are asleep, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to Tony Hawk it up for like. Just teach Naomi how to love uh, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. Get her she, into it. She likes them okay. Um, I, I don't mean to be monopolizing with Tony Hawk here, but funny story. Um, my old, I, I had two PS4s when, when I got through, uh, my old job and then one, uh, just was mine. And the older one through work is up in their room and they use it to like watch Netflix sometimes or something like that. But one time Naomi got sent to timeout and she was up in her room and I told her to come down, you know, after a little while we talked about why she got sent up there and what she did wrong and stuff like that. And after right. we were talking, she was like, daddy, I have to tell you something. And I was like, what? And she was like. I played the Tony Hawk demo the whole time. <laughs> As well as things where it's like, it's hard to be mad because yeah. it's like, she told me, but also I'm like, I too would have played the Tony Hawk demo the whole time. Yeah. It, it was like before, I think it was before the game fully launched. So like it, the demo just happened to be downloaded on there. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, well, it's hard to, I was just like, okay, well, don't do that again. But in the back of my mind, I was just like, yeah, I can't like that. Can't falter too hard for that because I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I think those for me, and then um, so are any others for you other than the Final Fantasies, Chrono Trigger, DQ Eleven? I mean, there are always like Mario games and stuff like that. But the ones that like really Wave Race, I thought was on the 64. I have such good memories of it. But booting it up on Nintendo 64 online turned out not to be uh, like it was fun to relive, but it was not as comforting as I expected it to be. But yeah, those others like those are the ones that I can really think of that that just slammed me with nostalgia. It's like, oh, yeah, that is that is that is my happy place. Actually, you saying that though, the first Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 3 are definitely that way for me because um, like my my first video game experience, like probably a lot of people really, was the first Super Mario Brothers game on mm. NES. And right. my at the time, my gra- it was my my grandmother had it in her basement and me and my cousins, we would play it in her basement and neither one, none of us had our own systems yet. Um, and it, there weren't many of us yet because I'm like the second oldest on that side of the family. So it was my cousin, right. Wesley, me, my brother, and then maybe my cousin Cole would have been born like on the very end of this, but there was just us and Wesley and my brother and I ended up getting super Nintendos when those came out. But like, I can very vividly remember playing in her basement on the NES. And we had this theory that if you jumped, when Mario jumped, you were more likely to make it. And so, <laughs> and so like my, we would, mi- I remember missing, like sometimes you would miss and like my cousin Wesley, very, very sage at like four years old, but <laughs> like, like very wisely just can be like, yeah, you just didn't time, time your jump right with them. And we'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just didn't jump at the right time. <laughs> That's... And, and we'd sit there and jump. Cause I mean, we were all like little kids, you know? We're yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He was like four and I was probably like three or four. 
And, you're just uh, way ahead of the VR curve. Yeah. And so we just, we thought that that was like how you got good jumps um, with Mario. Nice. And uh, yeah, same for Super Mario Brothers 3. I mean, you know, that was probably that and like Donkey Kong Country 2 were probably my favorite Super Nintendo games oh, um, yeah. as a kid. And I can, and so going back and, and playing those games, uh, like, again, feel like coming home and, and I'm very nostalgic but like at those, and despite loving those so much, like they don't quite give me the same feeling, I mm. guess that like, yep. I guess for me, it's like the Tony Hawk games, FF9, DQ11, like those are games where it's like, okay, I'm really sick and I need to have, I want to play a game that's comforting and like yeah. I would lean toward those games. Whereas like if I'm sick and need something comforting, I wouldn't go to like Mario Brothers 3, even though I do love it. That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But I totally would like just open up a Final Fantasy game. Like I did the other night, like I loaded up uh, Final Fantasy 8. Just like, I'm going to run around and do stuff. Yeah. I, I, I totally see that. And I, I wondered about that because we're friends and I saw on um, PlayStation that he got <laughs> some trophies on FF8. And I, in my in my mind, I was like, oh, he got nostalgic after going to that concert. <laughs> I did. <laughs> he up FF8. I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like, That's exactly what happened because it yep. was on the PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> it was on the PlayStation like plus thing. And I didn't have to go into the other room and get my Final Fantasy eight cartridge uh, <laughs> and, and install it on the and like get it for the switch. I could just like quickly install it on there and play immediately. Yeah. Without standing up, like you said, comfort food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, this was a really good. Uh, this was a really good subject, Ty. So thank you for uh, giving it to us. But also, like Ty said, we are also interested in hearing what your comfort games are, what your true yeah. classics are. So what some? Let us know what your those kind of games are for you when you're sick and just you know wanna wanna go home as a video game wanna take your pants off <laughs> when you wanna take like, your pants off as a video game yeah like 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 what kind of games uh do you like playing and you can shoot us an email uh, social at dragonquest.fm you can uh, reply to us on twitter which is at dragonquest.fm uh, remember you can also talk to us on patreon or help support this podcast by visiting patreon.com slash dragonquest.fm and if you want to find me directly uh, i'm around on twitter at dragon Quaston. and i'm around on twitter as at professor beige i'm on mastodon as at beige at dice.camp and you can talk to us on discord at geek2geekmedia.com slash discord and you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash dragonquest.fm thanks everybody and we'll see you next week bye